And a very good evening to you, and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027. My name is Richard Cock, and every Sunday at this time from 6 to 8, we talk to someone who is a person of note and listen to music of their choice. My guest tonight is Max Machka, who is an expert on youth unemployment, and obviously this is a very important subject in South Africa because we have very high youth unemployment. Welcome, Max. Thanks a lot, Richard. Very nice to have you on the program. And what makes a, a German in South Africa <laughs> talk on the radio about youth unemployment? Well, I'm doing my PhD on youth unemployment in South Africa. So that, I guess, qualifies me to talk about youth unemployment. Uh, then the second part of your question, why, uh, why a German? Um, that's fair. I came to South Africa for my PhD in particular. Um, being curious about the challenges here and having experienced the challenges uh, in a previous time I've been to South Africa and why I'm on radio, <laughs> thanks to your invitation. <laughs> well, I think it's a very interesting subject. Obviously, it's a very important subject in South Africa because our youth unemployment is at very high levels. Yes, it's about uh, half of the youth uh, are unemployed in South Africa and the youth range is quite uh, wide. It goes up to the age of 34 um, and about half of, of the youth uh, do not have a job. And if you look at younger ages, um, uh, up to 24, it's even uh, significantly higher. Have there been times in history in other countries where this has been a problem too? Yes, youth unemployment uh, often becomes a problem because youth are the most vulnerable uh, people in the workforce. Uh, either they lose their jobs first or if uh, companies do not hire, they uh, don't hire youth because uh, they prefer more experienced workers than that. And is it just to do with experience or are there other factors as well? There are a lot education. of factors. Uh, yes, education. Um, in, in my research, I've de uh, developed uh, 11 uh, drivers or influencing factors for youth employment, and the most important being the number of available jobs, uh, which is uh, relevant or related to the economic situation. And obviously, our economic situation is also not good at the moment. So there are many factors playing on this particular subject, uh, which makes it a, a highly dangerous situation also. It does. Um, so one of those 11 factors is uh, actually perceived inclusion. Um, basically, um, looking at the, the aspects of how youth feel being part of society, being uh, having access to education, having access to job opportunities. And this is quite a disruptive factor. So that does make an uh, that does play a big, big role in uh, how youth, uh, youth unemployment is going to develop in the country. And we're going to explore all of this during this program, and maybe at, towards the end you can make some suggestions also about a future scenario. But let's listen to your first choice, which was about someone who's hoping to put someone else out of work. This is De Hole Racha from The Magic Flute. The Queen of the Night is Natalie Dessay. Wonderful singing and a wonderful aria from The Magic Flute, De Hole Racha. Something is burning in her heart, the queen of the night, and she just wants vengeance. That was Natalie Dessay with the orchestra of the Age of Enlightenment under Louis Langre. Music, of course, by Mozart. And it's the choice of my guest, Max Machka. Max, just before we go on to unemployment, have, have you got an interest in music? I do. Um, I do like classical music a lot. I like going to the opera. Um, when I was a kid, uh, my parents uh, introduced me to classical music uh, with a series called Classic for Kids. 
uh, which classic is for kitsch would be kitsch. something else. <laughs> <laughs> it would uh, no it's actually classic for kids and yeah. um, there were cassettes and uh, those cassettes introduced uh, an, a, um, an, an, a composer for about an hour for, for children so there was a link of uh, or an explanation of their life story uh, including the music and, and that opened my eyes for classical music uh, at, at quite early and uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in Germany uh, most of the time I spent a short time in the US uh, for three years um, when I was like five to seven years old. And which particular city in Germany? Uh, around Munich, so in a suburb of Munich. Okay, so you grew up in a in a city which had opera and orchestras. Yes, yeah. Munich was close enough to, to uh, go. However, my first opera was not in Munich, but in Verona. Uh, in the in the big theater, in the outer theater, which uh, I thought was very impressive. And I've been coming back uh, a couple of times since then. So you're an opera lover? Lover is a big word, but I really appreciate uh, opera. Good. Well, it's a, it's a good thing to appreciate. And, of course, uh, the arts in South Africa is an interesting area in connection with what you deal with because uh, many artists in South Africa are facing tough times here too and unemployment but part of the the solution to that is producing entrepreneurs and I, I hope that's one of the subjects that we can discuss because my guest Max Machka is an expert on youth unemployment and I think one of the things we have to do is to teach people how to be entrepreneurs yes it's a big uh, it's a big part of the solution space um, last year we've uh, two years ago now in 2017 uh, we launched a pilot on uh, a youth entrepreneurship boot camp, um, bringing unemployed, previously disadvantaged uh, youth together who have a business idea and help them in a three-day workshop to build confidence, to literally set a step outside the door and, and start their business and iterate their business idea. And out of the 11 participants, uh, five uh, did earn money after that. So there's obviously a need for more of that sort of thing. Well, here was uh, a wonderful aria now, from also from the Magic Flute. This is the that stuttering aria, Papageno, Papagena. Hawken Hagegaard is the baritone, Martina Bove, the soprano. Wonderful aria from the Magic Flute, the sort of stuttering aria as he tries to tell Papageno, when they meet Papageno, Papagena, they're all sort of speechless with each other, Hawken Hagegaard and Martina Bove singing there with the orchestral ensemble of Paris. The choice of Max Machka, my guest. And I see that a lot of your music is German to start with, but we are coming on to Italian later. Now, just tell us, to get back to your the youth unemployment, how long have you been here studying this particular problem? I came roughly two and a half years ago in uh, July 2016. Um, and I've been working together with uh, a German university, then WITS here in Johannesburg and UCT in Cape Town. And is this a problem that affects other countries in Africa? Yes, it does, absolutely. Um, the South African youth unemployment is structurally a, a bit different because of the country's history. But youth unemployment, even in neighboring countries, is a big, uh, big topic. Um, and in Europe? Because I know Spain has very high unemployment, and particularly youth, and I guess Greece, Italy. Yes, it's always countries that are 
uh, or typical countries that ha face uh, difficult economic uh, times. As said previously, uh, youth are the, f uh, the ones that suffer most uh, from that. But uh, you find youth unemployment is an is an issue uh, all around the world, and there are a lot of initiatives, uh, also global initiatives, tackling that uh, problem in particular. And is one of the issues? I mean, you said there were eleven indicators. It, one of them has to be education. Absolutely. I split education actually in two elements. One is school education, primary, secondary education, uh, partially tertiary education. And the second element is um, practical vocational training, um, which is a very relevant um, aspect of, of education. And South Africa does have a very solid uh, TVET system or a vocational training system. Um, however, there is potential to um, improve. And our school system, because we've just been seeing about the, the results of last year's uh, matriculation examinations, um, I think there's a huge area for Im improvement there too. Absolutely. Uh, you always have to be careful looking at matriculation uh, yes. results and, and pass rates because often uh, you look at uh, how many uh, kids pass uh, depending on who, who wrote the exam. But there's a huge dropout in grade 11 uh, and 10 already um, and they're not incorporated into the results so um, only roughly about 40 percent of the people who start school actually finish with a metric and when you talk about youth unemployment are these people who have perhaps never been employed or are you looking at the whole the whole spectrum of people people who've perhaps had part-time employment or is it people who've never been employed I'm looking at the whole spectrum, and it is indeed a big issue. Um, once you uh, had a job, it's much more likely to find a new job, but if you are constantly unemployed, it's much more difficult to find your first uh, occupation. So internships will be very important, and we'll deal with that after this. But we've got music by Beethoven now. This is the first movement of his Symphony Number no. 5. Amazing music from Beethoven, Allegro con Brio, the first movement of the Symphony Number no. 5, played by the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra under Sir Simon Rattle. Just actually looking at Mozart and Beethoven, one wonders what education they had compared to today. Mozart was homeschooled. Uh, his father taught him everything he knew. I'm, I'm not sure about Beethoven's education, where he went to school, but... Um, the, the, there's a long history of composers, particularly of very bright composers, being homeschooled by parents or particular musicians. I'm, I'm thinking also of Mendelssohn, who was like, you know, a genius at 12, 11, 10. Uh, there was no way they could go to a normal school, I don't think. And I guess you come across many young people, of very talented young people, who perhaps just have never had proper opportunities. That's absolutely the case. Um, it, it, the South African society is uh, still in a stage where uh, opportunities are not uh, distributed um, fairly or equally. Um, and it does, it does make a big difference. So a lot of my field research I've done in uh, townships, and that's uh, also statistically where the most uh, unemployment uh, is occurring. And have you found in your research that people are still hopeful or are they unhopeful? Um, that's a very interesting and difficult question. So um, the data 
on uh, youth unemployment or unemployment in South Africa is actually quite good uh, from statistics South Africa and they differentiate between unemployed and still job seeking and unemployed and discouraged meaning uh, people who have given up looking for work um, and, and I've talked to both groups and uh, there's a lot of desperation uh, a lot of um, failed attempts to find a job causing that saying okay why should I still look for a job there's no jobs uh, there are no jobs for me and what is the what are the prospects for those people who've given up I mean they presumably they then can be drawn into other activities uh, and I'm you know I'm just thinking of what happens people get drawn into dealing in drugs or crime so it's a, it's a much bigger problem than just unemployment um, it is. Uh, I've also experienced or, or, or heard about uh, incidents in my field research on possi possibilities to earn money if you don't make to make it to the end of the month, um, and and uh, shocking things like uh, yeah, um, killing somebody for four thousand rand um, uh, as an opportunity to to make ends meet. Yeah, and that's bad for all of us. So unemployment amongst particularly amongst the youth has a big effect even on the employed so we have to think very much about these things now the new world well it would be wonderful if a new world could open up for unemployed people this is the final movement the fourth movement of the new world symphony by Dvorak the last movement of the symphony number no. nine in E minor by Dvorak played by the Miyagi Youth Orchestra and actually, youth and music go very well together, Max. Max Machka is my guest in People of Note. He's a specialist in youth unemployment. And I think one of the... There are many projects around South Africa involving youth and music. And it's amazing what talent has been discovered through those projects and how it's actually all about a, a lifestyle and a way of life and teaching people discipline in this case, through music. I can imagine. I, I have unfortunately not uh, experienced it in my field research myself, but I've heard a lot about it. Um, most people uh, I talked to who um, thought of music as a career, uh, thought of becoming a DJ. Yes, I'm um, sure not <laughs> a classical musician. <laughs> but I've heard of uh, interesting projects on, on bringing classical music and instruments and, and education uh, to, to disadvantaged areas. Because music is also very good for educational purposes, for teaching fine motor coordination, uh, discipline in terms of practicing. I mean, there are all sorts of things, but it has to be done on a grand scale. And I'm thinking now of uh, there was a system in Venezuela, El Sistema. I don't know if you've heard of that. But they there was a, a coordinated government plan to put young people into music projects and it produced the most incredible orchestras and conductors. Gustavo Dudamel, for example, came through that system. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been an amazing effect. What has happened now, I don't know, with the, the current situation in Venezuela. But um, certainly music has, can have an amazing effect on people. And I'm sure you, there must be areas that would be easy to implement large-scale employment. But there's also the matter of decent employment, because I often think, you know, with the, the state that many of our towns and cities are in, 
you could people put people to work cleaning up streets, fixing potholes, mm-hmm. which work which doesn't need a huge development of skills. That's what, tr- what is that situation? Tell me about it. So um, there is a government uh, program on, on public work um, that does address uh, those um, unemployed. And I've uh, also encountered a couple of people who have been participating in that work, but then they are typically employed for a year. It's still a very low income or salary. Um, and then after that year, um, they don't have a job uh, again. So they are back to being unemployed. Um, well, also, I, I have a personal experience of this where a young man did his matri- matric exam mm-hmm. and he thought he was just going to get a job then. <laughs> but that's not so easy. So perhaps let's listen to some Vivaldi And then you can tell us about Vivaldi and about the expectations that people have, even when they do have education. Mm -hmm. This is Janine Janssen playing the first movement of Spring from the Four Seasons. Spring from the Four Seasons, that was the first movement that Janine Janssen was playing there, music by Vivaldi. Yes, Vivaldi actually does have a um, does have some some influence and, and role in my research uh, and, and putting my PhD together. Uh, when you first invited me uh, and we had this discussion of, of uh, joining the show, um, I thought of the music uh, which I would select for the program, and I was about in the same stage uh, of developing my scenarios and uh, following a scenario analysis uh, strategy. You develop f- or you build four scenarios for a future state. I did that for 2035 in South Africa, how youth unemployment will be by then. And uh, scenario planners typically name their scenarios. Um, y- you might have come across like a high road, low road, um, probably some of the most Clem, famous. Clem Center. Clem Center, yeah. yes. Uh, some of the most famous scenarios in South Africa. I have four scenarios and I thought of how could I name them uh, best. And when I selected the music and I thought of uh, my my appreciation for Vivaldi and the Four Seasons, I thought, why not name uh, the scenarios after the Four Seasons? So I named them Spring, Summer, uh, Fall, Autumn and, and Winter. And uh, it worked quite well because the spring scenario, for example, is an uh, allusion to the um, s- uh, Arab Spring, so an uprise scenario. So I thought that it worked quite well. Summer is a best case scenario, winter is a worst case scenario, and fall or, or autumn is a scenario in which barriers fall and, and uh, provide more equal uh, access. So y- looking at 2035, your spring, your most hopeful was what? So the most hopeful scenario is the summer scenario, uh, a scenario in which uh, the number of available jobs rises, um, economic upturn, um, and uh, on the second dimension, the perceived inclusion increases. So young people do believe that uh, they get a job if if they work hard and and have uh, fair opportunities to to, uh, get employment. It's a meritocracy. Is there an expectation, though, because I was, as I was saying just before we listened to uh, Janine Janssen, that uh, it, it seemed to me that this young man that I'm talking about really had an expectation that suddenly a job would fall into his lap. <laughs> yeah, um, in my field research, I did encounter a fair amount of entitlement. Um, unfortunately, uh, qualification per se doesn't uh, lead to employment. 
um, particularly as the number of, of unemployed are so high, uh, even qualified people can get uh, jobs that are actually below their qualifications. So employers tend to uh, hire people w that are overqualified, for example, uh, requiring a metric, although the job itself would not require the intellectual capacity of a metric. Um, but there are so many unemployed mat matric students uh, or youth that have matric uh, that employers can be picky. Okay, uh, well, we're going to listen to summer now, which would be the, the ideal situation for employment or non-employment. This is Laurent Corcia playing the third movement of Summer by Antonio Vivaldi. That was Summer from the Four Seasons by Antonio Vivaldi. Laurent Corcia was the violinist there. And, of course, Summer also brings thunder and lightning and thunderstorms. So... Uh, maybe all is not well. There are clouds on the horizon in in your <laughs> in your scenario. Yes. Uh, also, in in my scenario, there is uh, there needs to be some thunder and and clouds and and a big wind uh, of of uh, bringing change uh, to actually get to that scenario. So it's it's a quite uh, aspirational scenario. And in a scenario planning, you don't necessarily look at likelihoods or most likely scenarios, but extreme scenarios. And that's an extreme uh, best case scenario. Uh, and there needs to have uh, there needs to be a significant change to to get there. Structural change in the, the way South Africa runs. Yes, yes. Give us an idea. So uh, the number of jobs needs needs to increase significantly, um, and that's uh, partially uh, just an economic uh, upturn and and, and economic uh, increase a perf performance increase. Um, but it also needs to, uh, the, the perceived inclusion needs to change significantly. So young people need to be able to believe in the system, in a system where uh, that is fair and that is, uh, provides uh, similar uh, opportunities to, to people who uh, work and, and strive. Uh, and and uh, the, the discussion about uh, including uh, inclusiveness in, in education and and being able to afford education also regarding fees must fall is an important uh, element there. So just to go back to your uh, research, in your research, do you find that people think that the system is still very uneven? Yes, I do. Um, and there are a lot of influencing factors for that, but uh, uh, youth um, that... Uh, grow up in an environment where nobody works, the parents don't work, the siblings don't work, the uncles, aunts don't work. Um, it is difficult to build up this aspiration to find a job and also to build up uh, the hope uh, to be able to find a job and be the one person in the family to, to, to eventually make it. And uh, already that setting is, is a difficult one for uh, a young person planning uh, or looking into his future. And amongst the people that you interviewed is there a big feeling of hopelessness there is um one of my questions i asked is uh, if you could ask an oracle a question like about about your future what what uh, will it be and um a lot of people did struggle replying to that because their concentration was on the now. How do I survive the day? I don't have food. Where can, can I get food for the day? People don't often don't really look into what's happening in 10 years. Where will I be? They're more looking into, into the now. Yeah, just getting through today. 
Absolutely. which is very tough for many people. Well, uh, Samson and Delilah perhaps is uh, a good choice for your next choice, Camille Samson. This is, uh, of course, she put him out of work in a way, Delilah did. Uh, Maria Callas singing here, very famous Delilah. That wonderful, actually a love duet between Samson and Delilah just before she conned him into uh, having his hair cut off. Maria Callas was singing there, music by Camille Sanson, and the choice of Max Machka, who is an expert on youth unemployment, and he's just finished his PhD in the subject here in South Africa. He himself comes from Germany. You're listening to People of Note on Classic 1027 with me, Richard Cock. It's coming up to 7 o'clock. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the second hour of People of Note on Classic 1027. My guest tonight is an expert on youth unemployment. His name is Max Machka. He's visiting South Africa from Germany, but you've been here some time now. Yes, I have. Two and a half years. Um, doing field research, uh, statistical analysis, uh, looking uh, at youth unemployment, understanding the challenging situation uh, of the youth and uh, the, uh, its implications on the country, uh, looking at fieldwork, statistical data, having expert interviews and building scenarios on how youth unemployment might be looking like uh, by 2035 in South Africa. And what will happen to this research now? So. Um, it is part of my PhD research, so there will be a PhD publication at the end. Um, and then I hope to uh, publish it uh, also to a wider um, range of people in, in a less academic um, uh, format. Does it have um, application in, uh, or could it have application in many countries? I do believe so. So yeah. the drivers I identify for youth unemployment, I believe, are quite... Uh, un uh, quite universal, quite universal uh, also being applicable in, in different situations, although the characteristics of those drivers m will be different in, in different settings. So I hope that the research will be, be applicable uh, further. What is the situation in your own country, in Germany, with youth unemployment? In Germany, um, the unemployment situation luckily is uh, pretty good. Um, the economy is, is rather strong and uh, youth are included quite well. Uh, we currently do have the big issue of not being able to fill jobs. Um, so we don't have enough uh, young people, particularly for, for uh, jobs uh, in, care in caregiving, for example, or caregiving for youth and elderly. Uh, with a big shortage, uh, and it's 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 uh, increasing now. Surely, there's an opportunity there to send trainers to countries which have youth unemployment, or is that not practical? Um, <laughs> because <laughs> there, of language, there, there is there is uh, one initiative I'm proposing uh, to send unemployed but qualified or partially qualified South Africans to countries like Germany uh, in professions like. Um, caregiving, and that's a program we've we've been setting up uh, with the Order of St John. So, are you so you are actually trying to implement some projects now to reduce unemployment? <laughs> yes, um, I actually am partially doing so. By profession, I'm a consultant, 
uh, not just an academic. Um, and I've been working in consulting for a couple of years before I started to do uh, my PhD. And I've also had uh, some, some startups, uh, also building a, a student-run consulting firm uh, at uh, WITS here in South Africa. So I do have this um, entrepreneurial drive to say, okay, I don't just want to describe a situation, but I also do want to change it. And I'm so close and I understand the, the challenges, the issues, and I do believe that uh, some of the things I propose are so close uh, to reality that you should implement them. Well, that's wonderful, and I hope you will stay around to implement them too. But here comes your next choice. This is by Antonio Vivaldi. It's part of Winter. That was the middle movement, the slow movement from Winter, one of the four seasons by Antonio Vivaldi. Daniel Rowland playing there with the Stellenbosch University Camerata, the choice of Max Machka, my guest in People of Note. And Max has been studying here, so presumably you've been on a, a student visa Research visa, yes. Research visa. Now, when that runs out, are you able to get another type of visa in order to stay and see some of these projects through to reality? So I would definitely uh, aim to to uh, get there, um, but it also <laughs> all depends on, on the South African government, I guess, and, and home affairs, if, if that will be working. But I would love to uh, continue staying here and uh, also continue working on, on implementing the initiatives I'm proposing. Um, so, yeah. And is there a possibility of that? Are there firms here which would take you on or would you set up on your own or what? Um, that is a good question. So my uh, previous employer I worked for in Germany uh, has an office here and they are actually doing a lot on youth unemployment right now. Uh, and I've uh, been giving or sharing my ideas uh, from my research and some of them have been adapted, uh, adopted. Um, and and uh, I hope to, to be able to support them in that. That would be great. Yeah. And perhaps your next choice is very appropriate because this is about good fortune and bad fortune. And when you're on the up, then you're on the up. But once you reach the top of the cycle, then your fortunes can fail also. This is O Fortuna from Carmina Burana. The famous opening chorus from Carmen Burana by Karl Orff, O Fortuna. That was the Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra and the Berlin Radio Choir, conducted by Simon Rattle. You're listening to People of Note on Classic 1027. I'm Richard Koch, and my guest is Max Machka, who has just completed. Have you actually completed and handed it in, or is it about <laughs> to be completed, your PhD? So um, I handed in my first full draft just before Christmas, um, and I'm receiving feedback from my supervisors now, which I'm implementing, and I hope to hand it officially in by February. And you, you are doing it through the Witz University? So yes, yes. Uh, Witz UCT and a German university, uh, the oh, University all of combined. Mainz. Okay. Yes, basically. So I got the supervisors at uh, all three of them. So all three of them have to sign it off now? Yes, basically. Wow. <laughs> so the first feedback I got last week in, in Germany was uh, pretty pretty positive. Good. And and they know, and so you're just waiting for the South Africans now. But it's quite a process. How how long have you been studying altogether now in your life? A lot. Uh, quite a bit. I did my bachelor's in uh, business and mechanical engineering. So did I do my master's. Uh, I did an honors in technology management, um, mostly studying at the Technical University in Munich. Uh, I did a stint at Columbia University in the U.S., uh, and now I'm back to my Ph.D. So uh, my, my master's and bachelor's have been like five years, and I've been on my Ph.D. for two and a half years. So you're a sort of professional student. Um, 
I wouldn't say I'm a professional student. I would uh, I would see myself as curious in in uh, looking into into matters. That's why I chose to do my PhD. But um, I don't see myself uh, in in academia um, after my PhD right now. So I want to go back into practice and, yeah. and implement and yeah, change. Yeah, yeah. Here, but if possible, here in South Africa. Uh, if possible, definitely. I, yeah. I started uh, really to love the country. Um, with all and uh, with all its uh, ups and downs, but but uh, I really appreciate being here. Well, and we appreciate having people like you come here, analyzing our problems and then helping to solve them. Because there's nothing worse than people telling us what the problems are and then just <laughs> going away. So I think it's fabulous that you would like to stay here, and and see if you can help in some way. Because I think more than anything, we need people who can help and who bring ideas and and scenarios that will help us to get out of the situation that we're in, which has been coming for many years. I mean, people know that we have this big problem, and it seems to be a sort of paralysis uh, in government and the people who can make a difference. They have, there has been some change now um, with the new president uh, having having youth unemployment and at a very high point in um, on his agenda. It's called uh, Yes for Youth, Unem uh, youth Employment. Uh, it's this big uh, initiative um, trying to bring uh, thousands uh, of, of young South Africans into um, work experience. Uh, it's not; it's technically not an internship. It's a one-year employment, um, which is a great opportunity for many people to gain the first work experience. However, I don't think it it will structurally solve the problem because it doesn't create jobs. It creates uh, employment and and uh, exposure for youth and and opportunities throughout that. But still, it doesn't um, uh, prevent of of developing the economy and creating jobs. Um, companies can afford to to put their put put people in employment. And uh, one of the uh, perhaps initiatives that people are taking now is to give people some experience because you said earlier on that people with experience tend to get jobs so if give us an idea if someone takes an intern for a year does that give them a better chance to get a job it does um so if, if imagine you do an internship uh you have uh, more work experience than your peers who haven't done the internship so it's more likely that a, an employer chooses you over your peers so that's uh, that is why an internship or some kind of work experience does help to uh, does help you in, in the job market. However, it doesn't uh, help the whole system because if uh, you get a job having done an internship and your peers don't, uh, somebody else won't get that job. So um, to really structurally change something, um, there are more um, initiatives that need to be taken. So give us an idea. So I'm proposing five um, initiatives uh, to, to tackle youth unemployment in South Africa. Number one is a specific um, economic development in specific zones. So you choose an industry and you choose a region and then you develop this industry in that region. There are a couple of initiatives in South Africa already doing that, but in a more holistic approach. Uh, that's number one. Number two, um, what we also already talked about is uh, creating um, entrepreneurial opportunities for uh, South Africans. Um, there's a big potential of, of young people sitting at home and not uh, knowing what to do, but they have an idea on what, what they would like to do as a business, but they don't know where to start. So help them. Um, 
build confidence and go out and, and uh, earn some money. Uh, that's number two. Uh, number three, we also briefly already uh, touched on, which is sending uh, semi-qualified but, but unemployed South Africans to countries where there are jobs and where the, uh, their qualifications are, are in need. Um, that was number three. Number four um, is helping small and medium-sized enterprises to really grow. So there's a big um, environment in South Africa to help small companies and startups develop business plans and so on and entrepreneurship centers but if they already have reached a certain size uh, to really make the next big step um, they need help um, or they could use help and uh, this help could create uh, thousands of uh, hundreds of thousands of new jobs tackling um, small and medium sized enterprises and then number uh, five uh, the fifth uh, proposed initiative is to um, really uh, implement an employer demand-led uh, educational program. So it is interesting. Um, employers often have challenges filling their open positions. So if you as an employer say, I need uh, five welders, it's difficult to find them from an educational institution because they are not uh, developed up to or educated up to standards. So the fifth proposed initiative is to uh, for a company to say, I need five welders. Uh, to um, work together with a vocational institution and to co-develop a curriculum and uh, to train those five welders that then have a very high possibility of uh, finding employment because they are trained up to the standards the employer is required and they are, the have a, uh, they are in the right number, right amount of people that the employer needs. So there we are, five indicators of how we could uh, go forward to try and solve our problems of youth unemployment. But of course, we would need publicity for this. So morning papers, Morgenblätterwalzer by Johann Strauss would be a very good choice. Morgenblätterwalzer, the morning papers by Johann Strauss, appropriate for this time of the year because we've just had our New Year concerts. That was the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra under Vili Boskovsky. The choice of Max Machka who is an expert on youth unemployment, and he's my guest in People of Note tonight. So you've got your five possible ways of uh, solving youth unemployment, and maybe you'll stay here and try to implement some of them. Which would be your first one, do you think? Or is that hard to say? Um, Which is the most important of The them? most important and most impactful one is to uh, is this regional uh, development, um, meaning really creating jobs in large scales in, in regions that have particular uh, challenges with youth unemployment. Not every province uh, is, is affected similarly, and uh, also there's a split between rural and uh, urban population. Um, so if you choose industries um, in, in uh, rather challenged or disadvantaged uh, communities um, to really build uh, new industries and, and integrated industries. But that needs investment. Yes. Uh, and I guess people who are making investments are also business people. So they're going to make investments where they think they can get a return on their investment. So they need to be close to markets and all of that. So the chances of having rural developments are probably lower than urban developments. Yes, uh, that's already the case today. Uh, there are business uh, hubs in, in South Africa, obviously around uh, Johannesburg, Durban, uh, PE, Cape Town, uh, 
Um, so it, it is a challenge to bring more jobs to rural areas. Currently, there's a movement of, of rural, uh, rural, the rural population moving to, to cities, urbanization. Um, that creates some opportunities, uh, but it, it leaves uh, rural um, areas behind uh, and not structurally developing them. So it's, it's a very big problem. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's gigantic when you think about it, about how to tackle the whole problem of youth unemployment. And we're only talking South Africa here. That's true. Um, I do believe that youth unemployment in uh, South Africa in particular is the biggest challenge for the country because it's the country's future. If the youth don't work today, they won't be able to work tomorrow. So solving that should be on the agenda of, of every, every South African and particularly every South African politician. But you think it is? It is on the agenda? It is on the agenda, but it could move up even higher in the list of priorities. Because the ride of the Valkyries is coming up next, and it's uh, youth unemployment could be this ride of the Valkyries. Fantastic music by Richard Wagner from Die Valkyrie. That was the ride of the Valkyries, the Royal Concertgebouw Orchestra under Ricardo Chailly. This is the choice of Max Machka, who's my guest in People of Note. Now, I noticed that one of your choices, and, and perhaps we could talk about this now, is also not just youth unemployment, but child employment. Because there are many countries around the world where children are used in employment for very menial jobs. Uh, that's true. Um, luckily, I didn't come across no, that. No, I was going to say it doesn't happen in, here. In right? South Africa, yeah. yes. Uh, no, it doesn't. And that's that's a good thing. Um, but typically, children are used for for uh, jobs in, in countries where uh, there is a lot of, of demand for, for work, uh, which then on the other side, unfortunately, is not the case in South Africa. So um, often children are being used to, to produce uh, fabrics or, or clothing. Um, but not not in South Africa. Yeah, but there are countries where it's quite a big problem. Absolutely. Yes, I think India may be one of them. Yes, I guess in, in general countries that have um, a low complex manufacturing uh, business or industry um, and and uh, clothing uh, is, is uh, a big one and India and and uh, Bangladesh are big. In yeah, clothing. where you have repetitive jobs which can be taught very yeah. easily. Yeah. And, of course, uh, people can then be exploited in that sort of situation where you are sort of forced to do these jobs. And I see your next choice is the Slaves Chorus from Nabucco by Verdi. Um, fortunately, we, I, I don't think we have that situation in South Africa, do we? Uh, not that I've uh, come across it. I don't think uh, slavery is a, is a problem. However, there are a lot of youth working uh, pro bono to gain work experience. So they don't work in a job, but they're engaged and committed to, to helping their community. So they do work for the sake of getting the experience without getting pay. And what about pay for food? Because, I mean, you, you were saying earlier that you know, people don't know where food is coming from. Perhaps there are certain circumstances where if you work, you can be paid in kind. Yes, that does happen. Um, transport costs sometimes are being covered, but uh, which is, by the way, one of the biggest uh, costs. Uh, people get it, go, getting to the places where there is work is, is uh, for most of the people, a big, big challenge. So your choice is from Verdi Nabucco, Va Pensiero.
the famous slaves chorus, Va Pensiero, from Nabucco, by Verdi, the orchestra and chorus of La Scala Theatre in Milan, under Riccardo Muti. Uh, Max Matchka, who is an expert on youth unemployment, he's just finished his PhD on the subject here at Witz University, but also through Mainz and UCT. Yes. So, have you traveled quite widely through South Africa? Yes, uh, through my field research, I've been traveling quite a bit. Um, I've been trying to get a, g- a good impression of, of how youth unemployment and youth live uh, across the country. Uh, Both urban and rural. Yes, uh, particularly rural uh, as well. Um, but I've been from the far east, Pushback Ridge, uh, to, to the far west, uh, the Cape Flats. Um, I've, I've seen, seen quite a bit, uh, fortunately. So you've got a good picture of what the problem is. Well, we all know that there's a big problem, and we probably all have quite a good idea of what the problem is, but it's how to solve it. And we hope that you will be able to stay here and help to solve this problem, because it sounds as though you've got quite an investment in South Africa personally now. Yes, I guess if you if you look into a topic and work with a topic for two and a half years and work with the people that, uh, that, that it touches and involves, um, you just grow some kind of emotional attachment as well. So I don't just want to go back to Germany and leave my work and, and my experiences behind. I would really appreciate uh, being able to, to continue uh, the work and, and I've, I've been conducting. And just briefly, you mentioned the St. John, uh, Order of St. John, and you've been doing some work with them also. Yes, we have. Uh, I think uh, uh, he, um, George also was a uh, uh, person of note. Um, so I've been working together with him uh, on that and, and the order here in South Africa. On on this si- side of things? Yes. Employment, yes. Yeah. Well, we certainly hope that this will lead to something very special now because it's a, a problem facing not only us but many other countries in the world. And, uh, you know, we've seen what happens when things go wrong around the world. Uh, you talked about the Arab Spring and so on. Not that that necessarily went wrong, but th- wrong things can come out of it. That's the problem. And There's a lot of uncertainty, uh, and, and you can't plan, plan the future in a linear uh, way, so you need to be prepared for the extremes, and that's why scenario planning, I thought, was an adequate choice to, to investigate the, the youth unemployment issue in South Africa. Well, there it is. And your final choice is by Mozart. Piano Concerto number 20 in D minor. This is the first movement. Piotr Andrzejewski is the pianist. That was the first movement of the Piano Concerto number 20 in D minor by Mozart. The pianist was Piotr Andrzejewski, and it was the final choice of Mats, Max Machka, who is my guest in People of Note. He has done his PhD on youth unemployment and hopes to stay here now to help solve this great problem for South Africa. Thank you, Max, for being on the program. Richard, thank you very much for the invitation. It's a great pleasure and very good luck. I hope your PhD is successful and that that your life unfurls properly in front of you. (laughs) Thanks all at home for listening and thanks to Pete for helping us put it together. Until next time, from all of us here at Classic 1027, we wish you a very good night.